Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining with us once again. We appreciate you watching our broadcast. It's my prayer that you will hear something today that will make such a powerful impact on your life that it will change your life forever. I know that's what happened to me. The first time I heard a man of faith stand up and preach the word of faith, it, it marked me, changed my life, and put me in a place where I could not get enough. And now 46 years have come and gone, and my life is not the same at all. And I know God wants to do the same for you. Thank you also, studio audience, for being here. You play a very vital part in causing these broadcasts to be a success. We're talking about God's promise to prosper you. We're going to continue that uh, lesson in just a few moments. But first of all, I want to share with you some more testimonies from people that are viewing the broadcast and what they're having to say about it. Here's some from, uh, man, we get a lot, of, a lot of response from Minnesota. Here's another one. I'm getting so blessed by this ministry. I called sometime back in regards to a job. Uh, you sent me a thank you gift CD entitled Living the Good Life, which birthed something on the inside of me. I was laid off then, but I was called back within five weeks time. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your teaching. Here's one. Um, well, it doesn't say where they're from, but uh, it says your ministry saved my life. If it were not for your ministry, I truly do not think I would be alive today. Thank you very much for your teachings and for your ministry. And then here's one. <laughs> they said, I found an old cassette tape of Jerry Seville called How to Get the Devil Off Your Back. <laughs> <laughs> I sat down and listened to it and, and held on to every single word. They were like a sharp, strong missile going off on the inside of me. And at the end, when you said, Jesus is our main man, I started crying and praising and rejoicing. All that heaviness left me immediately, and my faith has been revived. Keep preaching these messages. They're just as powerful now as they were back then. Isn't that great? Praise God. Amen. We're going to continue this study now on God's promise to prosper you. So get ready for it. Get your Bible, your notebook. It's going to be great. Watch this announcement. I'll be back in just a moment. God has promised to prosper you. Biblical prosperity is God's intended lifestyle for believers. In the book, Why God Wants You to Prosper, Jerry Savelle establishes a biblical foundation for understanding the principles of divine prosperity and provides a step-by-step -step explanation of what it takes to walk out of financial bondage. Learn how to enjoy the peace and confidence that come from obeying God and applying His principles to your life. Also included in today's package is the three CD series, Favorable Opportunities for Prosperity. In this encouraging and insightful teaching, you will discover how the blessing of God and the favor of God work together to empower you and produce opportunities for prosperity. Request the God's Promise to Prosper You combo, including Why God Wants You to Prosper and Favorable Opportunities for Prosperity. Just call or visit jerrysavelle.org. Don't wait. Learn to step out of financial bondage into God's promised prosperity today. On the previous three broadcasts on teaching this subject, God's Promise to Prosper You, we discovered that God's covenant with us is a covenant of increase. It is a covenant designed by God to bring increase into our lives in every area of our lives. You know, if uh, somebody said, uh, uh, well, it's not God's will for you to, to grow spiritually, what would you think about that? That's foolishness, right? God wants you to grow spiritually. So spiritual increase is part of God's will for our life, right? 
Uh, if someone said, well, God don't care about your health. He just wants you to just, you know, take the lumps and deal with it as it comes and what will be, will be. You're not going to go for that. God wants you to live in divine health. Amen. 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 So increasing physically is part of God's will for our life. But why would we stop there and say, but he doesn't want us to prosper and increase financially? Isn't finances a part of our life? Have you, ever, have you noticed you can't live on this planet without it? You have to have finances to live on this planet. And God doesn't want you just existing and he doesn't want you living in survival mode all the time. In fact, God wants you blessed and so blessed that you have more than enough and you are capable of sharing a portion of it with others so that they can live a better life as well. Wouldn't you agree? Let's look at Psalm 35 and verse 27. This is a great verse, and I'm sure many of you already know it. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Amen. Notice that says that we are to say continually. I, I wonder how many times Christians actually say this. Some have never said it, but it says, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Why? Because he has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. The message translation says, let them say over and over and over. In other words, we're supposed to go around saying, let God be magnified because he has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. You know, the first time I read that verse, 46 years ago, I got up from my little desk where I was reading this and I lifted both hands and I said, Lord, if it brings you pleasure for me to prosper, then I'll never make you sad another day of my life. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. If that brings you pleasure, then I'm going to keep you happy. Praise God. Because I'm going to learn how to walk in my covenant and I'm going to learn how to walk in the blessing and I know that'll bring prosperity into my life. And if it brings prosperity in my life, my prosperity will give you pleasure. Isn't that the truth where, where good parents are concerned? All good parents rejoice in the success of their children. When their children are successful, when their children are prospering, when their children are doing well, it brings great joy to the parent. Amen. That's the way God is. So I want to encourage you this in this broadcast and those of you that are watching at home, I want to encourage you to keep saying that it is the will of God for me to prosper. Amen. Amen. No matter what anybody else says, you keep saying over and over and over that it is the will of God for me to prosper. Let that become established in your heart. Get it so deep down in your spirit that nobody can take it from you. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're supposed to speak the word of God. Amen. I wrote this in my notes last night. And I think it's, I don't know that I've ever said it quite this way, but it's a powerful statement. And I want it to get down into your spirit. Saying it leads to believing it and believing it leads to receiving it. Amen. Saying it leads to believing it. If you say it enough, you're eventually going to believe it. And your believing it leads to receiving it or manifesting in your life. So never stop saying 
what, that God wants you to prosper. Never stop saying that it is his will for you to increase. Now, once again, we discovered in Genesis 12, Genesis 17, Galatians 3, that the blessing that God had pronounced on Abraham has now been pronounced on us. In the New Testament, in Hebrews 10, 16, it tells us that God has made a covenant with us. In Hebrews 7, verse 22, it says that Jesus is the surety or the guarantee of that covenant. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says that this covenant enables us to be blessed with all spiritual blessings, spiritual meaning deriving from God. So Paul tells us that God has made it possible for us to receive every blessing that derives from him. Third John 2 tells us that it's God's greatest desire that we live in health and that we prosper. So you could say that prosperity is not only the will of God, but it is a gift from God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a gift from God. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18 says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee. Notice it's a gift. It is God who gives thee the power to get wealth. Notice once again, God is saying, I'm not against you increasing. I'm not against you prospering. I'm not against you living well. All I want you to do is remember that it is from me. I'm the author of it. I'm the one that made it happen. Don't ever go around saying I'm a self-made man. No, if you're prospering, God is the one who gave you that gift and you should be honoring him for it. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't even have a brain. Amen. (laughs) So give him the glory for it. Praise God. Think about it for a moment. If it wasn't God's will for you to prosper, then why would he give you the power to get wealth? That doesn't make good sense, does it? If he didn't want you to prosper, then why give you the power to get wealth? Somebody always says, you know, uh, I've, I've had this said to me many times after teaching this in various churches and places, and somebody will come up and say, yes, but don't you know uh, the Bible says prosperity destroys people? No, the Bible does not say that. Go read your Bible again. Now, the Bible does say that prosperity destroys some people, but not all people. In fact, Proverbs 132 says the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Notice it didn't say prosperity destroys everybody, only fools. And if you're not sure what a fool is, go read Proverbs. It'll tell you what a fool is. In fact, I wrote down a few scriptures that teach us what a fool is. Psalm 14:1. the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's a fool. The man that goes around saying, there is no God, he's a fool. Proverbs 1, 7 says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. He won't listen to anybody else. Won't listen to God or anybody else. Proverbs 14, 9 says, fools make a mock at sin. The message translation says, they ridicule right and wrong. So the Bible defines what a fool is. If you read the Bible, find out what a fool is, then here's my suggestion. Be thou not one. (laughs) Amen. And then enjoy your prosperity, praise God. Because prosperity does not destroy everybody, only fools. 
Amen. If you know anybody or you see anybody that's been destroyed by prosperity, you now know what they were. <laughs> Amen. There's a, there's a man on television right now, famous preacher. I knew, I know him. I haven't been around him in years and years. And you know, he preached on prosperity way back and then he made some major mistakes and it was very costly mistakes. And then he got back on television and started telling everybody, you know, the reason uh, I went down the tubes and the reason that I suffered the way I did is because of that prosperity message. I just stood up from my television and just before turning it off and I said, you're still a fool. You were a fool then, you're still a fool now. You hadn't learned a thing. It wasn't prosperity that brought you down. It was your misuse of it. Amen. I'm sorry. He couldn't hear me, so it's okay. Praise God. Okay. I wish he could have heard me. But it's not prosperity that brings people down. It's acting like a fool <laughs> that'll bring you down. Amen. So I could go on and on with scriptures and Proverbs that talk about what a fool is. But once again, the bottom line is find out what the Bible says and then determine you're not going to be like that. You're not going to live your life that way. And then prosperity will be a blessing to you and not a curse. Amen. Let me say this again. God's covenant is a covenant of prosperity. God's covenant is a covenant of increase. To fail to prosper when you are obedient to your covenant and obedient to God would be a violation of God's promise and a violation of God's word. Job 36 verse 11 says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Notice he's talking about a lifetime. If they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Second Chronicles chapter 26 and verse five, speaking of a young man by the name of Uzziah who became king at a very young age. It says of this young man, and he sought God in the days of Zechariah, Zechariah. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Notice that, that phrase that gives us a condition. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. So this is talking about the possibility of prosperity for a lifetime. If this man had continued to seek the Lord, put God first place in his life, then God is saying he would have prospered all the days of his life. Now, the sad part of this story is the man stopped doing that and it cut off the prosperity in his life as well as a lot of other things. So once again, this is talking about a lifetime of prosperity. Let me ask you this. What would be better? You have a financial need and you have a miracle and God meets that financial need or you just live in continual prosperity. <laughs> Miracles are wonderful but divine prosperity. Amen. Where you just live in prosperity all the days of your life. Wouldn't that be taking it to another level? So the Bible says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Psalm 3410 says, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Not wanting any good thing would be the same thing as prosperous. And notice the condition once again, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. What if they practice that all the days of their life? Then we're talking about a lifetime of prosperity. Would you agree? 
a lifetime of prosperity. So what the Bible is implying here is if we will make seeking God our number one pursuit, then prosperity will pursue us. Amen. Amen. The blessing and, and the fulfillment of the blessing will pursue us. We, we've got it made just like God intended for Adam and Eve, just like God intended for Abraham and his seed. We've got it made if we would just be obedient to the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 9 makes this statement. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that ye may prosper in all that you do. How'd you like to prosper in everything you do? Everything you set your hands to is blessed of God. Produces prosperity, produces success. The message translation says, if you do this, you will live well. Hallelujah. You will live well. Now, once again, when God promised to bless and to prosper Abraham, how did Abraham receive what God had promised? You know, this book is God's promise to us. But how do you turn a promise into a reality? And in other words, it's not just in the book, but it's actually taking place in your life. Amen. First of all, you got to know the promises. You got to know what God has promised. Amen. And then once you find out what he's promised, you've got to believe it, choose to believe it. Even if it's contrary to the way you were taught, contrary to the way you were brought up, contrary to the way your parents lived, contrary to the way some of your friends or even fellow Christians live, contrary to what CNN says, contrary to what the Fort Worth Star-Telegram newspaper says, or whatever your newspaper's called. You have to believe this. Amen. God asked Isaiah one time, whose report will you believe? You've got to be able to respond immediately. I believe the report of the Lord. Yes. Amen. So believing it is vital to receiving it. It's not, even though God wants you to prosper, it's not automatic. It's not going to just happen like ripe apples falling off a tree. You have a part to play and you believe it. First of all, that's how Abraham received what God had promised he first of all had to believe it. Let's allow the Bible to, to answer that question for us. In Romans chapter four and verse three, it says this, for what saith the scripture? Notice Paul is saying, okay, let's answer this with scripture. So what saith the scripture? And the next statement out of Paul's mouth, which he later penned or wrote, Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. Amen. That's a vital part of causing the promise to be more than just words in a book, but causing them to become reality in your life where you're actually living it. It's happening to you. Praise God. So where does it start? Abraham believed God. Do you believe God today? Can you truly say you believe God? Then why do you go to bed worrying about finances? For additional messages by Jerry Savelle. Huh? <laughs> Why do we go to bed in fear? Why do we go to bed worrying? Why do we go to bed, you know, wringing our hands? If we truly believe God. If we truly believe God, no matter what the circumstances are, we go to bed with a vision. <laughs> Somehow, some way, God is going to make this happen for me. 
I don't have a clue how he's going to do it, but that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is not try to figure out how God's going to do it. My responsibility is to believe God. Amen. Abraham believed God. To believe God is to believe his word. Do you truly believe what you've heard from the word today? The scriptures that I've shared with you. The Amplified Bible says Abraham trusted in God. I like what the message translation says here. Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. Abraham entered into. That would imply that he gave himself over wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, to what God had promised. He emerged himself in what God had promised. In other words, he let it sink down into him. Amen. Now, let me remind you that Abraham had to learn how to do this. And we have to learn how to do this. Abraham didn't start out this way. You know, he, he, he made a few mistakes along the way. He wouldn't just, just wake up one morning and he believed God and never doubted. Well, if he never doubted, uh, what's Ishmael about? Huh? God had told them that they were going to have a child and that it would come from Sarah. But it was impossible for Sarah to conceive. So what happened? They came up with another plan and produced Ishmael. And Paul tells us that Ishmael was of the flesh. And it wasn't until Genesis chapter 17 when God appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. What God was saying to Abraham was simply this, Abraham, I'm God, I'm El Shaddai. I don't need your help. All I need is your faith. Amen. Look your neighbor and say, God doesn't need your help. Amen. You think God doesn't know how to get money into your hands? I like to say it this way. God's been doing this faith thing a whole lot longer than you and me. Amen. He has ways you couldn't dream up in a million years. So it's not my responsibility to try to figure out how God's going to do it. My responsibility is the same responsibility Abraham had, and that was this. Abraham believed God. Amen. I believe God. Abraham uh, emerged himself in what God had promised and made up his mind that he was not going to waver ever again. He considered not his own body. He considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb, which just simply means he did not give place to the circumstances anymore. He only looked at what God said and held fast to what God said. He believed God, and as a result, it came to pass in his life. Amen? Now listen to what the author of the book of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 6, 12. That ye be not slothful, lazy, idle, or inactive, but followers of them, like Abraham, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The message translation says they get everything that was promised to them. So what's it telling us to do? Follow Abraham's example. What did Abraham do? He believed God. What did believing God mean? Turn a deaf ear to what everybody else says. What did believe God mean? Don't look at the circumstances and let them be final authority anymore. Amen. Dare to make God's word final authority. 
And the Bible says, follow that example and you will get everything God has promised to you. I'm telling you, this can be more than just words in a book. It can become reality in your life. I am living proof. Hallelujah. And it can be your story as well. Folks, God wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper not only so that your life will be better, but he wants you to prosper so that you can be a blessing to others, that you can help further the kingdom of God, so that you can help missionaries, so that you can build churches, so that you can, you can support ministries like this. God wants you blessed so you can be a blessing, so you can yeah. give to the poor, you can help the widow. You know, one of the, the, the things that we do in this ministry here is we tithe from all of our income. 10%, actually more than 10% of our income goes into a tithe account and it is distributed to people in need, to ministries in need. And that's the reason, praise God, we just continue to prosper. Amen. So God wants you blessed and he wants you to be a blessing. That's the good news. I'll be back in just a few moments with some closing remarks. God has promised to prosper you. Biblical prosperity is God's intended lifestyle for believers. In the book, Why God Wants You to Prosper, Jerry Savelle establishes a biblical foundation for understanding the principles of divine prosperity and provides a step-by-step -step explanation of what it takes to walk out of financial bondage. Learn how to enjoy the peace and confidence that come from obeying God and applying His principles to your life. Also included in today's package is the three CD series, Favorable Opportunities for Prosperity. In this encouraging and insightful teaching, you will discover how the blessing of God and the favor of God work together to empower you and produce opportunities for prosperity. Request the God's Promise to Prosper You combo, including why God wants you to prosper and favorable opportunities for prosperity. Just call or visit jerrysavelle.org. Don't wait. Learn to step out of financial bondage into God's promised prosperity today. You know, obviously, I can't cover all the material that I'd like to cover in just a, you know, a 30-minute broadcast. Actually, the teaching part of it is about 22, 23 minutes. So I can't cover everything I'd like to cover, but that's the reason why we produce resources like this book. Why God Wants You to Prosper and these three CDs, Favorable Opportunities for Prosperity. In this book, just listen to some of the titles. The titles inspire me. Uh, oh, I wrote this book. That's why. Praise God. <laughs> listen to some of the titles. Understanding the Principles of Divine Prosperity. Prosperity is God's will for us. Knowledge and wisdom produce prosperity. The purpose of prosperity. Spirit-led giving. Why God's people are in financial bondage. Develop a lifestyle of obedience. Develop a lifestyle of faith. Develop a lifestyle of giving. Develop a lifestyle of pursuing God. I'm telling you, there's some rich teaching in here that will bless your life. And I'm telling you, it will cause you to have a new attitude, a new outlook on life. And not only that, but praise God will enable you to enter into the kind of prosperous life God wants you to live. And then you will be able to be a blessing to other people the way he wants you to. So go to your, our website and uh, find out how you can order these materials or the uh, ordering information is on the screen. Order it right away. Don't put it off. Do it right now because I know it has the potential to change your life forever. Thanks once again for watching the broadcast. We'll see you again next week as we present to you 
truths from God's Word that'll make you a winner in life.